Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Nathan Maines. Welcome to Keystone Education Radio. This is Nathan Maines. Last year on this podcast, we met an elementary school teacher from Exeter Township named Matt Hathaway, who shared with us his innovative summer learning programs, Teachers in the Parks, for TIPS. That program began in 2004 with Matt and a small group of students who would meet at his parents' house, but then would often end up in the local park in search of open spaces for their science activities. Over the last couple of years, Matt, along with a growing group of teachers, have built a summer learning program that helps students begin the new school year with academic and social confidence. We're back again today with Matt to hear what has transpired over the last year and get a look at the future. So Matt, we talked about a year ago, and uh, today we're over here in the middle of uh, summer uh, at a great community park. And uh, tell me a little about you know, where the program is today, the size, and, and uh, how the program works for people that didn't hear our first podcast. Sure, well, well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity. The Teachers in the Parks program has grown a lot again in the last year. Um, it, it grows out of the grassroots here of Exeter, and local districts are hearing about what we're doing in the park. And um, we're just trying to serve kids where we can. Um, what you're seeing here today is the Antietam Pool K-2 program. Um, this program uh, reaches about 110 children um, every Monday and Wednesday for about an hour and a half at a time in literacy and mathematics. And so if you look around, you'll see teachers with about 10 children each. We have a ratio of 1 to 10, okay. uh, which is strong. I mean, that's a very positive ratio uh, for public education. Um, and then we've created a PA core aligned curriculum that our teachers are using. Uh, but we never stifle the magic they bring to the park as well. So we sure. allow them to be very creative. Um, they have to work within the limits of our standards and our essential questions. Um, but outside of that, we really directly support what our district's trying to do during the regular school year. So we were talking a little before we started uh, recording the podcast, and most of the teachers you were telling me for this program come right out of the Exeter School District, but you have teachers from other districts helping in uh, other sites. Is that how it works? Yeah. Um, I'll start by saying nobody can reach a district's children better than their teachers. Sure. Um, if I sent my teachers to another district, it wouldn't work because a lot of the magic of this program uh, comes in the fall when a child recognizes the person they worked with over the summer, immediately has a relationship with them, um, and that just starts the year off right for kids on top of any academic gains they've made through our programs. Um, so we always encourage a district that's um, adopting our model to use their own people um, because their people know their curriculum, um, they've gone through the professional development that they need, and they use that um, over the summer to support what their children are doing then in that next year. We talked a little bit about the, the challenges with a, a program that's grown by so many magnitudes. I mean, you started with just a couple of kids mm -hmm. on a porch, yeah. and here you are with multiple sites, hundreds of kids, uh, many teachers involved, in, and you're fortunate, I guess, Students pay or the district pays some towards the summer program. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, in my opinion, these programs should be available to all children. Mm -hmm. um, and we only started charging because we had no funding. Mm -hmm. um, it literally started with six kids on my parents' back porch um, that were just paying along the way. And then um, during my master's program, uh, we realized that we were kind of onto something. So I got two of my buddies. Uh, we went down to the local community park. We had 18 kids. Uh, okay. The district supported us at that point, but provided no funding. Um, and what we've been able to do is take the cost per child, which is less than $200 a child for the whole summer, wow. okay. um, compared to what um, like the Rand Corporation study just said, which is $1,500 a kid. Um, we work about $200 a kid. 
And with the support of our district um, and the support of our local foundations and local businesses, um, we bring the cost down to about $75 a child or a family. Okay. And then this year, with uh, the grant we were just honored with, we received a $100,000 grant um, right. this year, and we were able to quadruple the number of Title I children in our program this year alone in a month. Wow. Um, and give this program for free. Uh, to those children. So with districts contributing uh, a little bit and, and some more than others obviously as they mm -hmm. come forward, you've got parents paying a little bit potentially for some of yep. the kids. A lot of community support and now $100,000 uh, yeah. in grant funding. That's a that's a great start to oh. uh, growing your program even further. Absolutely and, and we've, we've tried to grow very naturally. We don't go out and sell this program as people are interested. That's how we've grown. Um, in Boyertown, right next door, um, in the first week they opened registration for their program this year, um, they sold 38 Title I seats. Um, and they were, the kids were able to come for free, and that's 38 children in Boyertown in a week that now have access have to access. summer learning. Sure, sure. So what's, what's next? I mean, you're in the, in the throes of a great program for the summer months, and of mm -hmm. course, uh, my guess is you're, you're going to start planning next year's before even this year's We end. already started. So there you go. So, what, what's next? What kind of growth or, or what else do you see coming in terms of this program in well, this area? With this grant, um, we were able to support the programs that were existing pretty much already. Boyertown was our new addition, uh, but we didn't want to outgrow ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so we started to find the channels. The Berks IU is actually the fiscal agent on this grant. Okay. Um, so they're helping to allocate the money um, from the title funds. Mm -hmm. and. Next year, uh, we hope to onboard uh, the city of Reading um, okay. if they're if they're willing, um, and then also a couple of other schools with high populations of Title One children. Now, this hundred thousand dollars is obviously limited, to, you know, with the terms of Title sure, One, sure. um, so we can only spend it strategically. Um, however, what we're hoping is that other people will see what we're trying to accomplish, and then be able to invest in all children, mm -hmm. um, not just designated Title One schools. So, um, over next year, who knows what the possibilities are. Karen D'Annunzio, Director of Curriculum, explains the vision of the TIPS program. So tell me a little more about uh, the future of the program and, and where you see things going. Our vision is that in Pennsylvania, every student, K through six, would have an opportunity to come out to their parks, playgrounds, and pools throughout the summer, be with the teachers from their districts, and continue their learning so that when they come back to our schools in August and September, they're not feeling any anxiety over what was not accomplished in the summer, and they're ready to start learning where they left off in May and June. I think that a structure of that can easily be attained through our IUs, and having districts take on some of that ownership with managerial positions at a site level and then a district level. It's been successful in multiple districts surrounding Exeter, and as you can see, our teachers are doing an amazing job with that bridging. Absolutely. So you've, you've been at this program for several years now, and it's grown each year, I'm told by Matt. What have you seen, uh, either anecdotally or if you've done any kind of studying, on the kids that went through the program the previous summer versus the kids that didn't? Have you seen uh, a difference in their, their readiness uh, coming into the next school year? Up until this year, all of our studies have been anecdotal studies with soft data, although we have seen results. Our goal is to keep them where they were when they were leaving their classroom in June so that they have no slippage. This year, for the first time, Albright University has asked to team up with us to get some hard data, quantitative data, and qualitative data as well. And we did, at this site actually, a pre-test in math and literacy that we will be doing a post-test with in August at the final week of school so that we can gather that data in conjunction with the university.
University. And so it will be our first study of that kind, um, and we're feeling very positive about that result. PowerSchool is the leading K-12 education technology provider of solutions that improve the education experience for 100 million students, teachers, and parents in over 70 countries around the world. PowerSchool provides the industry's first unified classroom experience, empowering teachers with best-in-class, secure, and compliant online solutions, including student information systems, learning management and classroom collaboration, assessment, analytics, behavior, special education case management, and finance HR ERP. Learn how PowerSchool does all of this and drives student growth. Visit PowerSchool.com. Matt continues by explaining how the vision to grow shapes the program. So more growth on the horizon, it sounds like. Absolutely. Um, we now have formed our own um, nonprofit um, okay. corporation, okay. Um, so we can work independently of any one school board. Um, school boards are adopting our program as if they would adopt anything, mm -hmm. and then we provide training, we provide resources, uh, we provide curriculum, uh, we provide partnership, and just mentoring because, like I said, if it's not their local people doing this, it, it doesn't work. So, so break it down for me, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, as we're strolling around, I'm, I'm kind of catching you off guard with, with these questions. No, but, it's great. You know, uh, for, for everybody listening in today, you're, how many districts are actually in today? Five. Five districts in. You've got how many total kids participating across your sites? Uh, we're pushing 500 children 500 right now. kids, and it's twice a week? Twice a week for All six weeks. Long, yeah, six for weeks. six to eight weeks. Depends six, on the availability sure. of the, the, the um, sites. With a lot of demand yet to be filled. We've, we've actually turned down three districts this year wow. um, because we're just a group of teachers. Um, what we're hoping for over the next couple of years is that they'll see what we're doing and make a real investment in summer learning. Nothing dramatic, um, but I think it's time that we have a team of people dedicated to this cause that can grow as needed then. Um, start with a team of three teachers. Te you know, f find an investment for three full-time positions and some support and then let that group really study the summer slide and what works for districts, and then let us go to school boards and say, we want to help. So you're willing uh, to share the secret sauce if you if you Oh my God, I mean, we that's our goal. Sure. Um, our vision is to be able to go to districts and say, hey, um, we found a way to reach kids over the summer that I think you can too. Um, the urban model's looking a little bit different, um, but what, what districts have tried to do for so long is to try to bring kids into school my master's study showed that kids don't want to be there, it's not exactly rocket science, and the teachers don't either. And schools don't have to provide childcare. Um, a lot of these full day programs, you know as well as I do, an hour of that day is mathematics and probably an hour and a half of that is language arts. So we pull that part out of other programs that have child cares. Uh -huh. uh, for example, the Parks and Rec program, wonderful community program, but their six and a half hour day does not have to be all basketball and box hockey. Right. Um, it can be partially academic and then get them the exercise and the fun they need in those programs. The urban model, why not send kids or teachers into the, all of its boys and girls clubs? Why not send them into their Ys? That's where they are naturally over the summer, so why doesn't public education start to invest and send them out into the community? That's our vision for it. How can people learn more? How can they learn more? Give me a call. Okay. Um, check out our website, teachersintheparks.com. Um, we're hoping um, with partnerships that would also promote um, we would love to present at conferences. I know this is kind of a new vision for summer learning, sure. uh, but if there would be an opportunity to present, um, our team of teachers, will, we take our personal days every year for teachers in the parks. <laughs> um, we'd be happy to jump into a conference. Um, that's the, probably the best way to reach us though sure. is through our website or just give me a call. Matt, thanks so much for letting us come back and, and visit again and for all you do. This is a great program this summer and it's fun to be here. The honor's ours, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.
So I'm pleased to be joined by Senator Judy Schwenk. She represents the area that is uh, covered by the TIPS program. Uh, Senator, thanks so much for your leadership on the TIPS Real program. To be a part of it. It's a tremendous program. It sounds like you've been involved from nearly the beginning Almost and really helped to get it going. Well, you know, it certainly helped to make some connections, and that's an important well, part of being a legislator. Watching good things happen, helping to connect those people together that are doing those good things, and then helping to promote that. To me, that was maybe better than passing Probably easier too at times. Very right? much easier. <laughs> well, I appreciated your comments today at the press conference that just ended, and you uh, you were bold in saying uh, to count on your support going forward for this program. It sounds like you're all in. I'm all in because I know it works. I've seen it in action. Um, Matt has been great about collecting the data. We need research. We need to make sure that we fund things that we know will work. That's very important. He gets that. And he's been providing that all along. This is the program involves. Obviously, it's relatively new. But to me, we see it in success in other schools as well. This is a program that really should be spread around the Commonwealth. All kids deserve this. So a great example of the local school board, the local township officials, state legislators, senators, all working together. And we saw here today with uh, well over 100 kids at this site uh, receiving some amazing summer education. Right. And it's fun. It's not an oxymoron. Education can be fun, right? Absolutely. That's exactly what's being done in this program. Well, Senator, thank you so much for your support. You I'm bet. Thank you. Good to see you. Same here. For more information on the Teachers in the Parks program, check out our October 17th podcast on the Keystone Education Radio at keyedradio.org or visit their website, teachersintheparks.com. My thanks again to Matt and to the entire team at Teachers in the Parks on their success this summer, and uh, we'll look forward to updating you again in the near future on their program. This is Nathan Baines for Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.